0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, September the 28th. And today we're going to check with our good friend, uh, Rick Moran of PJ Media. We always enjoy getting his thoughts on on just about everything. So, hello, Rick. Welcome to the the podcast today. It's always great to have you.
1: Hello, Silvio. How are you doing?
0: I see the Cubs are apparently going to get into the water. We're not talking
1: baseball. We're not talking baseball.
0: Oh. Because you don't want to talk about the White Sox,
1: I don't want to talk about the Texas Rangers.
0: <laughs> well, we may be popping champagne tonight. Yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I know. Okay. All right. Well, we'll okay. We'll we'll, we'll I want to talk
1: about hockey. Connor right.
0: Bedard, the
1: seventeen-year-old yes. phenom, is get, is get, is on the ice for the first time tonight in an exhibition game for the Blackhawks.
0: Well, that's great. We wish him well. Where is oh, the young yeah. man from?
1: Oh, shoot. Alberta, I think.
0: Oh, okay. So he's Canadian. Okay. He's Canadian. Oh, yes. From the name, it sounded like the name he might be East, you know, from the old, uh, one of the old uh, USSR countries. What's his name again?
1: Connor Bedard.
0: Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. That, that sounds like somebody from Alberta. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, okay. we'll leave it at that. And are you getting, are you pretty excited about the Blackhawks for this young man?
1: No, I mean they're gonna they're, they might not even make the playoffs, but this kid is the real deal apparently. So we'll have to Gretzky like.
0: Well, you know what they say about hockey? It's really hard not to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and they and the Blackhawks <laughs> tried very hard, and they succeeded last year.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that is the one thing that I you know the one thing I used to love about baseball was that it was only like four teams and they went to five teams and now they're you know there's basically six teams yeah, two i mean it's, it's not a bad yeah. deal i, I think the, the way they do it now it's not that bad uh, but with hockey and the nba i mean everybody gets in it's almost like the season doesn't matter yeah and i, I just find that a little bit uh a little bit ridiculous but but anyway, it is what it is. I guess they do it because they want more meaningful games. I guess that's why they they do well, it. They had, they
1: want, there are still like five National League teams in uh, in contention for the wild right. I know. I
0: just saw that. I, I saw that list, and it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. You know, when San Diego still has a shot at it, at least numerically. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Think, realistically, yeah. but that speaking of, of baseball, that team in San Diego. That is, they're going to tear that team down from everything I, I see. That is probably one of the biggest flops in Major League history, that team. They had such yeah. expectations. And, you know, I think they made a mistake uh, that sometimes teams make, is that they get a bunch of superstars, but they don't have a team. And yeah. in, order, in order to succeed, I think you have to have a lot of guys. You know, you have five or six superstars, but you have, to have a lot of other parts to the team. Not everybody can be a superstar, Rick.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. the Yankees
1: uh, Yankees were the same way this year. I mean, right. they, they didn't even finish 500 first time in 30 years.
0: I know. It's depressing being in New York these days because neither are the Mets in. And the Mets yeah. were probably even a bigger flop. Yeah. Than, uh, than the – so, yeah. I mean, they start the the so-called post uh, wild card series next week. Right. And it's, it's an interesting way – the way they do it, because what they have is there's a three game series in one park. So you, you like, for example, you're going to have to go in and beat uh, the the divisional winner in their park. And yeah. that's, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of tough. Well, let's get it into a little, uh, a little politics. They had a debate last night. The GOP had a debate last night. I don't think it made that much of a difference, but obviously the big gorilla didn't show up. And that is Donald Trump.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, Do you think he's going to have to show up at some debate at some point here, Rick? Yes.
1: Yeah, I think eventually, you know what? What's going to happen is his lead, his 40-point lead, is going to start dissipating. And he's going to be forced to debate. I I don't think Republicans, they might like him, Trump, but only about really 30% of the the party. Uh, There's 70% of the party would love to see somebody else. Right. And uh, of course, but there's just nobody. Nobody yet has has broken through, uh, and nobody broke through last night in the debate. I didn't watch it. I hate debates. I hate them. I hate them like I hate the spinach. <laughs> they're just it, they're they're a waste of time. They're not debates. They're
0: well, that's it. They're not boys. really.
1: They're politicians standing up there spouting talking points. That's all.
0: Well, since I remember being in my high school debate and college debate teams, I know what a debate is, and that wasn't a <laughs> a debate. Maybe they should call them press conferences because that is sort of what they are. Yeah. They're more press conferences. But I, I, I'm i going to guess that DeSantis, Scott, and Vivek, whose last name I can never pronounce, yeah. uh, that those three are going to make it to Texas in March uh, when we have our big primary here. I think a lot of the others are, are just going to fade away. They just don't have the money to compete, uh, Rick. Right.
1: I think Nikki Haley has a shot Mickey, of yeah, being in right. that group. Uh, but the, the really the really pressing question for Republicans is trying to get that field of, what is it now, seven, eight, 10, whatever, down to one or two. Right. Because that's the only way they're going to derail Trump.
0: Well, it's it's, it's 2016 all over again. I think, I, in fact, uh, I was trying, to, when you were saying that, I I had a chat with you back uh, in 2016. And we both, at that time, I was not supporting Trump. And I had, I, you know, you and I, I think, made the same point back then, yeah. that uh, there were too many candidates. And he was winning, you know, these primaries with 30% of the vote. And,
1: or less. Yeah.
0: Or less. Yeah. And I think that you're right. I mean, if, if, if it can be Trump DeSantis, then maybe maybe the, he has a shot. The other thing, too, Rick, that I that seems to go unnoticed in all this uh, debate analysis is that these national polls don't necessarily translate to New Hampshire or or to Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you might be he might be 40 points ahead. In a national poll, but 48 of those states are not going to participate in the first two in the not primary, but the caucus and then yeah. the, the primary. So I, he, the lead may be not as big as, uh, as as it is right now. So we'll see. But I didn't think anybody really stood out. I was telling you off the air that this kind of reminded me when I took my sons to the zoo and they were really, really little. They were very little. And we went to the zoo. And they always wanted to see the monkeys, but the only monkey they wanted to see was the gorilla. <laughs> they didn't care about all the other monkeys running around, you know, hanging from one tree to another. They didn't care about that. Yeah. They just wanted to see the gorilla. And sometimes I get the feeling that's that's what happened last night, Rick.
1: Yeah, Trump is uh, is the gorilla. I mean, there, <laughs> there's there's no getting around that. He's the he's the four hundred pound gorilla. Or the or the two thousand pound elephant or whatever you want to whatever metaphor you want to use or the white if shark the
0: word, you know the big yeah. white shark killer shark yeah. yeah he's yeah I was I was thinking of maybe coming up with a better analogy than a or a better example than a gorilla and um, you're right elephant maybe shark but either way it's big whatever animal it is Trump is huge
1: yeah and
0: he made the uh, and I think also, Rick, I, I like to have your reaction to this. Uh, I think Chris Christie's act is getting a little boring. You know, these attacks on Trump. I, I, I like Chris Christie. I think he, he, you know he's a good guy, but I just think he's got to say something other than taking a shot at Trump. It's getting too too boring.
1: I yeah, think. he's he should realize by now that it doesn't hurt Trump one bit. <laughs> That's right. I mean. Uh, and it doesn't it, help him either it doesn't help him uh, it's it is kind of interesting Trump is an interesting problem for a candidate to run against uh because everything just slides off his you know off his shoulders you he, I think it was last year last two thousand and sixteen when he said I could kill somebody in the middle of Central Park and nobody would say anything he's you know he's probably close to the truth there right. at least as far as the the uh, you know the Republicans who support him, dyed in the wool support that. You know it, it's almost cult like. I think. It, you well, know.
0: It, it is very strong. It is very strong, and I think there's a sense because uh, I have some friends who are like that, and they have a very strong. How can I say connection? I mean, it's like, it's like the guy. I think there's a sense. At least what I hear, a lot of people feel right or wrong, that he was cheated the last time. And therefore, they want him to have another chance. Yeah. That's what I hear, you know, when, when when I talk to people. And I have many friends who are very strong Trump supporters. Yeah. I mean, and going out to lunch with these people, I mean, they're 100% Trump, and they're going to fight for Trump. There is, you know, they're like, I don't know, like sports fans who just love their team no matter what. Yeah. I personally... Not that I, I mean, I think Trump was was actually a pretty good president, but I personally would rather move in a different direction in twenty twenty four. I mean, like I like DeSantis a lot, and I like Youngkin in Virginia a lot too. So I kind of would like to move in a different direction, Rick.
1: Yeah, I would too. I mean, I I don't like Trump. I never liked Trump. I wouldn't characterize myself as a never Trumper. Right, right. Anti Trump, I think, is what I am, which is a little different. And the point being here, uh, Silvio, is the is Trump has under four indictments. Now, two of those indictments are absolutely bogus. The uh, the documents thing and the the payoff to Stormy whatever her name is, the porn star. Those two. I think it's Daniels, isn't it, Daniels? Stormy Daniels. Those two indictments are ludicrous. They're you know they're political totally in nature but the Georgia one this has potential to be a huge problem for Trump he's not going to get you know away with he's not going to get away from it he can't <clears throat> he can't just make it go away the question is if he if he can put the trial off until 2024 or uh, 2025 then he's probably going to be good he's probably going to be Winning uh, the Republican primaries and the election in 2024, but if he can't, I mean this—this this is some of this devastating stuff. I mean, highly illegal. This is not this is not some bogus political prosecution. This is this is a, this is anti-democratic stuff that he tried to pull, and he got caught on it. And I think I think eventually they're going to. Convict him, and he's going to have to go to jail.
0: Hmm, interesting, which should
1: be interesting. Yeah,
0: that would be interesting. I, I didn't quite see it that way in Georgia, but uh, I'm not as up on on the details of that one. But I do think, though, Rick, that there is uh, some of the polling data that we've seen lately sh- suggested that Americans may may be thinking that this is all political. That there's a sense that. Look, let's not blow up the country in order to destroy Trump. And I I do think the Democrats have crossed a line when it comes to political vengeance that they may regret later. Because a lot of this stuff may be used against them, Rick.
1: Well, sure. I mean, the the, the 2024 election, I guarantee you right now, no matter who wins, is going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged in court. It's going to be challenged, you know, maybe they might even have a (laughs) do-over. I don't know. Because... Both sides, whatever, whichever side wins, I'm sorry, whatever side loses, is going to be very, very upset and claim the election was stolen. So, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Well, welcome to Banana Republic, I guess. Yeah. That's uh, that's the only thing I can say. But but I will tell you this. I've, I've read, and I'm sure you've seen this too, that the Democrats were ready to challenge 2020 if Trump had won, that they were set up as well to challenge the results in, in different places. So uh, yeah. maybe this is a new world uh, we're going to be living in. I, I don't like it personally because no. I think it, it it's corrosive, you know, it's poisonous, but that seems to be, until we have a truce between the two parties, you know, some kind of a peace agreement that says, okay, we're going to stop killing each other. Uh, it, it's going to be like this for a while. You know, yeah. the country, uh, the country shouldn't be behaving like this, in my opinion. We should be, you know, accept the results and move on. That's always been my attitude. And unfortunately, both sides are not there today, and that's the way we are. Let, let me jump to another quick topic here, important topic that I really want to get your thoughts on. And that is this: these migrants in different cities. Uh, Chicago, you've got your share, New York, a bunch of them. Of course, we here in Texas have a bunch of them too. Yes. And, and you you know, I came to this country when I was a kid with my parents. So I'm sympathetic to people who want to come here. But I'm sympathetic to people who want to come here the right way. Yep. And I, I don't like this idea of just bringing people in this chaotic fashion. And I think we're seeing the results of that, Rick, in, in your hometown in Chicago. And the political backlash, I think it's really coming against the President Biden, at least, Rick.
1: It's the Democrats, yeah. Uh, the mayor of Chicago, a Democrat, of course, Brandon Johnson, uh, he's trying to find places to put these people because they have no shelters. There are 15,000 of these migrants who have come here in the last few months. Uh, they had them set up at O'Hare Airport. They curtained off the place and, uh, and, and had them in O'Hare. Uh, they had them in police stations across the city, sitting in the in the lobbies there in the police stations. Um, and now they're they're <laughs> now they built the, they're going to be build these tents, huge tents. Uh, and it, with winter coming in Chicago, that's not a real good idea.
0: <laughs> no, no, not there. I mean, that's January. Those tents are not going to be very nice.
1: Yeah they had 27 buses pull in over the weekend of migrants this is not uh, what's his name greg Abbott's doing right. the texas governor this is not him sending right. 27 buses this is joe biden sending buses right. at the from the border to uh, big cities uh, you know chicago new york uh, denver they're all they're, they're you can't do it this way
0: right.
1: he right. has he has thrown open the door to the country and said come on now you know it's 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 ludicrous right we're not vetting these people How, and you know eventually you know that he's just going to declare amnesty general amnesty and these people are going to be able to stay here work live
0: well, kill, you know, Rick, you're, you know. you're you're exactly right I mean if you look at for example I mean you've got 20,000 up there, You have towns on the border, uh, like uh, Eagle Pass, with a population of 28,000. Del Rio, Texas, with a population of 15,000. Even El Paso, a major city, has a population of half a million. In Arizona, they're having similar problems.
1: And they're sleeping on the streets.
0: Sleeping on the streets. uh, That's El
1: Paso, Eagle Pass, the the mayor declared emergency. That's correct. Because there were 7,000 migrants who showed up in three days. It's one quarter of the population of the town.
0: Yeah, I mean, you keep thinking to yourself, how are they going to even feed these people? Right. I mean, there are not even enough restaurants and kitchens in, the, in a town like Eagle Pass to feed that many people. Certainly not enough hotel beds to put them in. So this is so chaotic. Uh, I can tell you, for example, here in the North Texas area, that the problem we're having is we already have a, a housing shortage because of all these people moving in from California. So uh, apartments are getting expensive. And so you bring bringing in these people, even if you let them work, they're they're not going to be able to afford the housing because the apartments are more expensive than they used to be. They're not building, you know, more apartments, or at least they cannot build them fast enough. So you, you have a housing problem. You have a school district problem. Uh, I mean, they're in Chicago. I mean, they're, you're going to have to put them in schools, but I don't think you have enough, you know, bilingual teachers to handle this I mean
1: absolutely that
0: it, it is a total mess and you know governor Abbott they criticized governor Abbott but politically that was a genius of a move yeah. to start sending them to other other places because all of a sudden you know we're testing sanctuary cities Rick and all of a sudden I guess they didn't think the sanctuary cities were for real
1: yeah they just
0: thought it was a good political <laughs> topic you know well but, they're
1: talking about they're talking about uh, having a vote. In Chicago, on whether or not to be a sanct continue being a sanctuary sanctuary city, I mean it's it's that's that is just a one hundred eighty degree turnaround. You know, when when the, the the trouble was on the border, and whoa, we're so much better than you people because we don't turn people away. Well, now you're turning people away, and you're getting the taste of it thanks to Greg Abbott,
0: right? Well, you know, those people can, can come down and visit a Eagle Pass. Or, I mean, I'm talking the leaders of these communities up north because uh, these little towns in the border cannot handle this. And when El Paso declared an emergency, I mean, El Paso has a population of half a million people. Yep. So it's not a small town. And they cannot handle it either. And there's another thing, too, uh, Rick, that people are not talking about. Costa Rica has now declared a a state of emergency in Costa Rica down in, in Central America, of course, they're having people go through their country and they're saying, wait a minute, we don't want this. This is not good for us. Even in Mexico, this has become uh, a controversy. I talk to Mexican friends who tell me that, hey, we don't want our country to be a corridor for for the United States. So it's a, it's a problem in many more places, not just Chicago, Rick.
1: Yes, I know, yeah.
0: And... I saw a video the other day from Chicago. I guess it was a city a city hall meeting or something, where, where one of the ladies said, "Send them back to Venezuela" or something like that. <laughs> that was pretty crazy, you know. Yeah. But now let me let me ask you a quick question. Time's flying, but I want to ask you a quick yeah. question. The the Democrats are having or the Republicans are doing this impeachment inquiry of, of the Biden administration or Joe Biden. You know, I'm not crazy about impeachments. I think they, they often, they don't necessarily fix anything, uh, and they're usually more political. But I also think the Democrats are being very bad in how they respond to to these. I mean, some of these charges against Hunter Biden, they look pretty nasty to me. Already. Yeah, but
1: Hunter Biden isn't president.
0: Well, okay, that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> and that's my whole... View of this impeachment thing. I don't know if Joe has been. What, what's the expression? The wedding is beak <laughs> with money from uh, from uh, Hunter Biden, but I can guarantee it, he's not doing it himself. I mean, he's not asking for bribes. If Hunter wants to slide Daddy a couple of billion dollars for facilitating, you know, a, a, a deal or something, that's probably impeachable, but might not be. I don't know. What is a high crime and misdemeanor? You know, well,
0: you know, as I told a friend of mine, we had two impeachments in the first 250 years or 200 years. We had, you know, Andrew Johnson in the 19th century and then Nixon never got to an impeachment. No, but, but it like, seems like we have too many lately. And and I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, it, it's awfully divisive, but I will tell you this, and this is what bothers me about this whole hunter biden thing if you're the vice president of the united states work and your son flies with you to ukraine and you're you're there on business as the vice president and then when you fly back to the united states your son comes back with a bunch of contracts and a position in the energy company of that country
1: yeah
0: um is that doesn't smell right to me I, i'm not saying it's illegal But you would think that Joe Biden would tell his son, look, Hunter, you gotta do this on yourself. You gotta fly there by yourself and do this on your own because having you use
1: your daddy's name to make money. I mean, that's that's what it's what Hunter Biden did. He used Biden's name and position as vice president of the United States to sign all these contracts, to get all these contracts. Now I don't there's no evidence yet. That Joe Biden, you know, actually, like I said, wet his beak with some of the in some of these deals. But it wouldn't surprise me if he did. He's a politician. He was a well, lawyer before he became a politician. He was a minute. He was a, a a nothing lawyer. I think he, the most he ever made was like forty thousand. He's a millionaire today. How'd that happen? He been a politician all his life.
0: Well, he crazy. won the lottery, Rick. That, that's no, what right. happened. Yeah, or something. No, but that's what a lot of people are asking. You know, how did this happen? And is that you know obviously it's not maybe it's not illegal, okay? And, and I'm I'm willing to accept that, but it certainly doesn't look good. It does. To have the vice president, you know, fly and come back with his son and all these contracts, and especially somebody like Hunter Biden. I mean, at least one of Trump's kids had an MBA in managerial experience, Yeah, uh, you know, that, you cannot say that about, about uh, Hunter Biden, who was sadly, uh, uh, all, you know, all kinds of problems that he had as a, uh, as a person. I mean, and I sympathize with him as far as the addictions and all of that, because I've known people who've gone through that and it's not easy. It's not nice, but that's what bugs me. The, the, the fact that it does look to me and I think to a lot of people, that he was writing on his father's name uh, that that's what it looks like to me yeah. well rick let's close with uh the craziest story that i've seen in a couple of days <laughs> and that's the governor of arizona who uh i guess last night or the night before uh said that handed the governorship to the treasurer and said you be the acting governor uh I guess, overnight until tomorrow afternoon or whatever. Yeah. To my knowledge, she's still missing. That is the craziest story I've ever heard, Brett. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it, we both commented on the idea that the treasurer of the state of, uh, of Arizona is not next in line for succession. She, what, You say she's fourth? Fourth she's in line? Four. Third in line?
0: Exactly. It's the, the, the governor, the secretary of state, the attorney general and then the treasurer
1: she obviously didn't touch uh, trust those other people
0: <laughs> and the attorney general is out of the state that's what we hear
1: uh,
0: uh, so i don't know if there's a rule there saying that the attorney general has to be present right but or the secretary of state is in arizona so the governor intentionally skipped these people yeah so the whole thing is crazy i've never it seen is. anything like I, that
1: i hope we get an explanation sometime in the next few days of why why this happened.
0: Well, you remember that song by Mark Lindsay, who used to be the, the lead singer for Paul Revere and the Raiders? Remember that uh, song that he wrote called Arizona? No. Uh, well, it's an old song, but it's it kind of goes my like... time. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> think it was. I don't think it was because you and I have the same time. But well, you okay. just you probably just forgot it. Oh, okay. But, but anyway, it went, she must be long... To San Francisco, she must have lost her way, and I, I'm just wondering if that's the case of Katie Hobbs. Yeah. That's maybe she flew to San Francisco and lost her way, like the song.
1: Uh,
0: like I don't know. I mean, I'm just making that, not making it up, but just being funny about it. <laughs> but but it is crazy. I I don't ever remember uh, because even here, you know, when the Attorney General was under under fire at, during the impeachment, yeah. There was a replacement for the attorney general. Uh, the governor had to replace the attorney general under our constitution. We couldn't be without an attorney general. I uh, so I don't know, Rick, crazy things in in Arizona. That's all I can say.
1: That's for sure.
0: Well, Rick, I want to thank you so much, as always, for joining us and for being a part of it. I, I really love reconnecting with you, and I hope we do this. A few more times next year because I think that there's an election next year, yeah. And I would like to to, to hear your thoughts uh, on that uh, event going coming up. I know you do a lot of posts at PJ Media, but what's uh, give us a couple of quick uh, summaries of your posts?
1: Well, today I uh, wrote about uh, Representative Ariana Presley, the Massachusetts squad member, who yes. uh, who she said, and I quote. <laughs> She said, "Where's I'm getting it here? Uh, no doubt about it, our border is secure." <laughs> oh, that's just too much.
0: Yeah, that uh, is too much.
1: And, and I also I also wrote about uh, the how long the shutdown will go on, and will anyone notice?
0: <laughs> well, no one ever does. That's been no. my experience. Uh, no, it, it really it really becomes a Washington event. These shutdowns. Well, they don't
1: there, are, seem... there, there are, you know, things that happen. People go. Sure, sure. Federal workers are furloughed; uh, they don't get paid, even though they come to work, like air traffic controllers. And that the planes aren't going to drop out of the skies just because the government shut down.
0: <laughs> the right. air
1: traffic controls are going to be there, which is which brings up another interesting thing about the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. They also need to have their entire agency reauthorized by Congress. So they're, they're getting a wow. double whammy. They're, they're getting not only do they are they not going to be reauthorized, but they, you know, they're not going to have money to, <laughs> to, to, to run the darn place. Oh, dear.
0: No, it is. It is crazy how, how that works out. Um, and, you know, the next time maybe we can talk about this, but the EPA I believe the was the EPA actually created by Congress, or was the EPA created by Nixon. A, an executive order of President Nixon?
1: Nixon, yeah.
0: So how, how how is that even allowed? To I mean, that's been around for fifty years.
1: Yeah, but it didn't start out being such a pain in the neck. That's right. Okay, uh, it, it's kind of like the uh, like most government agencies, like FEMA, the the. the, the the uh, federal emergency management agency they started out with a 20 million dollar budget they're up to 150 billion or something now. I, don't, right. I don't know what it is now but they, they you know they create things for themselves to do that's what a, a a federal agency does they create things for them to do so they get larger staffs they get more money from congress and on and on and up and up right
0: well, i tell you, the EPA, I mean, the EPA went to war with Texas, and it was crazy. I mean, we were suing them all the time. And actually, eventually, the Supreme Court ruled that some of these EPA things were a bit of an overreach. If you remember, I think it was earlier this year when they were issuing the opinions the, that that uh, the EPA went way overboard, went, went beyond whatever Congress had authorized. But the EPA, I've always I've never understood the EPA. Uh, I mean, I understand why it may be formed, but I think it's gotten way out of hand. And and Congress should look at it and say, you know, maybe you guys need to be cut down a little bit, right? Mm. Well, I hope so. But anyway, that's something to talk about sometime next. Have a great uh, week, Uh, great weekend and a great week. And until we chat again, the problems are not going to go away. So we'll have a lot of things to talk about. But good luck to the Cubs. I'll say that. Good luck to the Cubs.
1: Well, thank you. I am not a Cubs fan, but thank you. Um, I, I accept, I accept I, your, your, your good luck uh, admonition uh, on behalf of all the Cubs fans in Chicago.
0: Great. I couldn't say good luck to the, the White Sox because, unfortunately, they're – Shut up. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> that's right. They were supposed to be good, and they just completely fell apart. Yeah. So we can talk about that the next, uh, no, the next time. No, next time but here's what, what one thing I hope the Reds the white sox do I hope they trade Elvis andros back to the Rangers so oh, that he can okay. finish his career here with the Rangers he's almost so he's done only,
1: he's only 35. He's got yeah but he's been playing for left. a long
0: but well uh okay you can keep him for a couple more years then thank you but as long as he comes back to finish with the Rangers uh he's very he was very popular here he was one of the yes uh, the players
1: that's players, right. right? Yeah. Yes,
0: and he was he was one of the players in the World Series days, and he was just a very popular player. And the Rangers have been bringing them back, you know, a lot of those players. And uh, I like to I like to see Elvis come back. Plus, that's a great name, Elvis. I mean, how can you beat a name like that? Yeah, okay, Rick, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And it's uh, have a great day.
1: Yeah, anytime, so
0: All right, our good friend uh, Rick Moran of PJ Media. Uh, Just a a wonderful friend and a great uh, commentator, and I love what he writes at PJ Media, and he just always has a good opinion about everything, and that's one of the reasons I'm so happy that we reconnected with him, and we're going to be doing a few more of these as the new uh, election year comes around. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. The Rangers can clinch a playoff spot tonight. We're going to be cheering for that and they can clinch the American League West on Friday night. So it's going to be a lot of fun around here for a couple of days. Bye-bye, everybody.